Hi, welcome to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute. We believe leadership creates a strategic advantage. We help leaders and work with them to create a thriving future. Today's theme is using formal sales processes to improve sales performance. With me on the show today is Joe DiDonato, the Chief of Staff for Baker Communications, a leader in sales training and transformation. Joe also writes for the Forbes Business Development Council. Joe, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Maureen. Uh, As you said, I'm Chief of Staff for Baker Communications. I've worked in the software industry. I've run worldwide education for Oracle Corporation, had a great team there. We took it from a $2 million business to $100 million in four years, worked for PeopleSoft, doubled that in 18 months, and helped launch 21 ed tech companies space. So that's a little bit about me. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate hearing a little bit more about your story. It's always interesting to me. Our second guest is Don Mastro. He's the Vice President of Sales at AVI Systems. Don, can you tell us a little bit about yourself as well? Thank you, Maureen. You know, I've been doing this for over 30 years in this industry, which really is audiovisual and unified communication systems integration. Worked for companies like GE Capital in the past, ran a business at a very young age, took it up to 150 million. My previous position prior to ABI Systems was with a company that took a business and doubled in sales from 300 to 600 million. I've had sales organizations as small as 20 salespeople up to 200. Today, we represent over 100 sellers that I'm responsible for today. We're in a growth industry, as you know, remote video communications and conferencing technologies, specifically around the pandemic, has accelerated itself. We're just seeing tremendous growth right now. Really looking forward to sharing our Baker Communications experience with Pathways to Grow today and what that's done for our fundamentals in sales management and disciplines. Thank you so much, Don and Joe. So when building a world-class sales team, an organization needs to implement a formal sales process, which has been proven to improve sales performance. This formal process is like the back office for sales. Joe and Don joined the show to discuss their experience and the case study they wrote to explain what Don did with his team to get through the pandemic and then skyrocket sales this year using the formal sales process. So according to the Sales Management Association, organizations that implement a formal sales process improve revenue. Joe, what are some of the stats that you have and explain to us what they mean? There's a couple of stats that apply, and this is sales management association, so it's not things that we've created. But on average, when you put in a formal sales process, ours is called Pathways to Growth and has nine disciplines. When you do one of these implementations, what happens is that your revenues improve by about 18%. The next thing is if you spend just three hours a month going over pipelines. So that's one of the disciplines is to go over the pipeline with the team and then with individuals. You can increase that another 11%. And then training the sales managers on how to actually do the pipeline review correctly, that'll grow at another 9%. And I'll explain what that means. I mean, you have to dig down into the details of this thing. So you can't just say, hey, I've got a $100,000 deal with XYZ company, and that should close. Who's involved in the process? Who's going to have the final signature? 
you know, have you presented contracts? You know, you keep digging deeper and deeper to, to get the validity of that pipeline. And then the rep knows what they have to do to, to get all those answers. So it's just a lot of going down into depth with it. But if you do all three of those things together, you can pop sales on average by 28%. So it's a great thing to, to do. And there's a couple other benefits of doing it. People who have a formalized sales process, that usually leads to about a 65% increase in individual reps making their targets, 88% increase in companies reaching their goals. So basically, you're just formalizing the back office for, for sales, if you will. So you certainly make the business case incredibly strong that the numbers say investing time and energy in this delivers a significant payback. And I keep thinking as you're talking about the growth that you helped deliver at both Oracle and PeopleSoft. And I wonder, did you use similar processes? Is this part of what led you to Baker Communications? It didn't necessarily lead me to Baker Communications, but we did, we did have a very formal sales process. When I took it over, the sales team refused to actually take my sales team with them because they were too technical and they usually said something that would disrupt the whole sales process. They're instructors, they're not sales folks and weren't equipped that way. But we ended up having to put together a very formal process that led to the development of the Oracle Cloud and, and their CRM system. But the basic tenets of that was to go through and, and do the same sorts of things. Let's have a weekly review of orders. Let's have a weekly review of pipeline. We did some ride-alongs, which were easy to do. And that's one of the disciplines so that you can hear what a salesperson is saying during an interview. And then afterwards, you can give them some coaching. The trick is not to rescue the deal for them. The trick is to tell them how they could have done it better. I mean, that's really the job of a sales manager. So we had sales managers, and then I occasionally went with the team, and, and, and that's what we did. So, Don, you installed a formal system called Pathways to Growth. What is it that you really saw? So, Pathways to Growth is, I'll call it, a sales playbook for managing sales disciplines. It was built around um, Baker Communications founded this with Tony Robbins. So we all know who Tony Robbins is, Walter Rogers, who's part of Baker. They developed what they call the nine disciplines to create sales breakthrough in turbulent times. And there's modules around it that, Joe, you referred to. The key elements, and we've done this, by the way, for four years. So we've trained probably 24 managers, sales managers, and we're all working through the same sales management process. We defined what the funnel is going to be in the various stages. We defined what a forecast is within 90 days and a pipeline greater than 90 days. You'd be surprised how many sales organizations just fundamentally didn't have the right definitions on each sales stage for percentages, as well as what forecast and pipeline represent. We also put factor rates on each of those to determine what success could be for a seller. But what's important is we went through the two-day workshop by Baker Communications for Pathways to Growth. We brought about seven cohorts in now of 24 sales leaders over the last four years. After the two-day workshop, then we went into a 12-week coaching session on remote video conferencing. That would have included the sales managers being coached by a trainer at Baker Communications, and then the manager of those managers on a call right after that. So we could kind of critique. And then in the coaching model, there are really two coaching models. 
what we call SBI or situation behavior and impact or growth coaching model, which is goal, reality, options, way forward, tactics, and habits. And I can talk about the individual modules that we use in our month-to-month and quarter-to-quarter, what we call our cadence of meetings. What's interesting is once we applied this playbook, we were able to reduce the number of meetings for sales managers and getting them out in the field more with their sellers and doing coaching. So it reduced the number of meetings based on the sales cadence. Anything else you want to share about the approach before I jump back to Joe talking about a 100-day plan? We really fundamentally have built out this metric system called sales leading indicators. So the sales leading indicators are fundamentals that we're looking for from our salespeople. We manage to that through our Baker Communications Pathways to Growth playbook. Those metrics include four sales leading indicators, which lead to lagging indicators or financial metric results or financial results, right? So how many business development activities a week? How many face-to-face meetings? What is your forecast factor? What is your pipeline factor? How much is your attach rate for managed services sales? What is your attach rate for design contracts, which are kind of things that we look for in our business for success? And we manage those sales leading indicators in every master sales team meeting, which is a definition of one of the cadence meetings from Pathways to Growth. The master sales team meetings, there is an agenda that we follow every week in every branch in the country. So of all 24 locations, they follow the same agenda for a master sales team meeting. That's a fundamental one. The fundamental two is one forecast meeting every month, a one-on-one with the sales manager and a seller in each branch location. That is a standard agenda that Joe talked about a little bit about digging down into an opportunity and growth coaching that individual seller in that one-on-one forecast meeting. That happens once a month. The same with the pipeline meeting. Remember, pipeline's beyond 90 days. So beyond 90 days, same agenda, same playbook, digging down into a pipeline. Then we expect what we call ride-alongs, all part of the pathways to growth process. Ride-alongs are where sales managers go with salespeople on sales calls or sellers, and they do growth coaching and SBI coaching in those meetings to, to better the seller and to accelerate their sales performance. So Don, I understand from Joe that you use this process during the pandemic and that you've also had substantial results post-pandemic. Can you give us a little bit of a rundown of what you did and what kind of results you've seen? I think communication was key during the pandemic as customers retreated back home, as employees retreated back home. So we were having bi-weekly national sales calls that were part of the Pathways to Growth process to match the master sales team meetings. We were coaching our sellers one-on-one in remote meetings. We were meeting with our customers as well remotely, sometimes face-to-face. During the pandemic, we were able to manage our cost and our sales performance. When a lot of our competitors were down dramatically in double digits, we were really kind of flat year over year. Now, starting this year, Back in, we'll call it April to now, sales have grown 45% year over year. And I think it's the fundamentals of Pathways to Growth that have kept our sellers engaged and kept them thinking about their business every day that really maximized our sales growth. And kind of what was the impact for a lot of our salespeople? I think as they would see these dashboards, we'll call them leaderboards that go up in the national sales calls, everybody wanted to be on the leaderboard. So that would impact 
the sellers, everybody wanted to win. So everybody wanted to be on that board. And one of the initiatives that we put together in the sales leading indicators during the pandemic was to pursue the CARES Act funding for higher education. So that was a sales leading indicator. We pivoted that sales leading indicator during the pandemic because that was a priority where the money was going to flow. So that really energized a number of salespeople personally that they could go out and find that business and follow that money during the pandemic. All that is because of the fundamentals and the tools from Pathways to Growth. So it sounds like, just to summarize what I'm hearing, is consistent process applied consistently across the entire enterprise, strong measures, and the coaching and development paired together really drive consistent performance longer term. Absolutely, Maureen. When you have a standard process and standard language, you get consistency throughout the business, you get predictability, you get the ability to forecast, get the ability to budget, get the ability to manage your business. And that's what Pathways to Growth has given us over the last four years that really helped us during the pandemic. Do you have any individual stories about someone who, when they started following Pathways to Growth, made a significant jump in their performance? We have a top 10 every year. I'll call it our Golden Eagle Awards of our top 10 sellers. Five of those top 10 are newer sellers within the last five years. They've been impacted by Pathways to Growth. So that individual stories would be, I will call sellers that are newer to our company that were impacted by this sales management process. There's one individual in Southern California, a gentleman, a young man, uh, not even 30 years old, uh, really a star performer, top 10 for us, grasped onto the CARES Act funding from the sales leading indicators and went after the education business in Southern Cal and hence became what we'll call an Eagle Award winner for the first time. That was all done during the pandemic. Took advantage of a lot of the higher education accounts that had money and then was able to keep the cadence of meetings, the face-to-face, the business development activities, and staying current with his customer. And our sales manager was in that development mode of coaching and everything that came through with Pathways to Growth. And how is he doing post-pandemic? Let's say he went from $2 million to $6 million. He'll do $10 million this year. Fabulous. That's a big number. So for this specific person, the combination of process, consistency, and coaching really delivered results. Absolutely. And he's very serious about his business, but he obviously has a natural DNA to be a salesperson too. I think you have to have that natural ability when we're assessing and hiring for talent, but you have to manage it, lead it. Management is a secondary term to me. Leading is a more key term. And then coaching, a motivational coaching style. You know, with leadership, it's really a combination of two things. It's accountability and it's motivation all rolled into one. My focus is leadership. So I completely get that you can't lead a sales team without the combination of leadership skills and sales skills. And being in the field with the seller proves to the seller that that sales manager or leader that we've developed in this growth coaching model in Pathways to Growth, that that person is able to do the same thing in the field with that seller, that sales leader, as they do back into the office for the playbook, Uh right? And running the plays relative to the financial metrics and management of the system. I love the leading indicators and how closely they link to actual financial success. Because I think a lot of people try to pull that together and just don't quite get it right. Business development activities is our number one sales leading indicator. The number of touches per week, 
because that will feed your pipeline. And we look for pipeline, by the way, you, we use a factor of seven times quarterly quota as a measurement for success to build financial results and what we call lagging indicators. So Don, it sounds like there was phenomenal success, but during the program implementation, did you have any resistors? Well, yes, absolutely. And I was an early adopter. When we launched it right when I joined the organization, I had run sales businesses before with different styles and management structures. And I immediately saw the opportunity with Pathways to Grow to better myself as a sales leader. And then once you get the senior leader bought in and working to get others to believe, then it took wildfire. But absolutely, each sales leader in each branch, all 24 locations, like, why am I going through all this? I don't need to sit in this workshop in these 12 hours and then you're peeking over my shoulder to see if I'm doing it right. And But then when I would have my national sales calls and use the same process, the same language, repetitive, it's just like practicing in a football team. That's why you practice so many plays every day. It's repetitive, repetitive, repetitive. You get to the game for the 60 plays you got to run an offense. You've already done them 150 times that week. And that's kind of what this is as well, is practice, practice, practice makes perfect. So what did you do to address the resistance? Because from a change management perspective, I realized that if people don't take it on, you don't get the value or the path to value is extended. Well, you always have to have buy-in, right? No matter what you're launching in any program, in any organization, whether it's sales or anything else. I think we got buy-in when they saw the opportunity to go one-on-one with their sellers in these one-on-one forecasts and pipeline meetings, and then be able to have a structure to talk about each deal. I think each sales leader also saw the opportunity and bought in when they were able to shrink the amount of hours per month that they were spending before versus after, the after being after pathways to growth. So when they were saving time out in the field with the sellers more, they got it. They bought into it. That combination It really structured the one-on-one conversations and the coaching models. And then they saw the sales performance. They saw their sellers becoming more accountable. They saw their sellers coming prepared to each meeting because they're putting more on the sellers too. The sellers have to come to each meeting prepared. They have to show their forecast, show their pipeline, go over each deal. Then how can we move it forward, right? Where are the decision makers? You know, what's the technology behind the opportunity? Are we calling on the right people? I mean, all those kind of things in sales management. So did you pilot it with a few folks first so that they could demonstrate the success? We started systemically from inside out. So we were born out of the Midwest. And so we started with our first cohort of five offices in the upper Midwest. And then we grew it out to the edge as we went nationally. So we kind of went inside out. So our headquarters out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. And then we just kind of took it from there. And then as new leaders would come on, By the way, we're going through our last cohort right now. We've got about six weeks left of this next cohort as we brought new people into the company or acquisitions. We acquired a company in Chicago. We acquired a company in Atlanta and we had to bring them on and we had a new sales manager in Texas. So we bring them into the program immediately. It sounds like at this point, everyone within the company is consistent. Very much so. And by the way, and I show the metrics nationally on every sales call every other week. Okay, so our pipeline factor is at six, and we need to be at seven. I show it by office location. San Francisco, why is you only at three? 
right? Let's get up to seven. All of a sudden, you get people motivated. And then you see the competition on the leaderboards, right? Top salespeople, top branches, by bookings, by margin, by pipeline factor, by forecast factor. And you know, salespeople are competitive. They want to win. They want to be on that big board. Well, and this also drives their comp, right? Well, if you got a salesperson that want to be motivated by money, then you got a problem, right? I mean, we all know that. I mean, yes, they fundamentally have to do the right things and they have the right integrity and take to market their skill set, but absolutely should be motivated by money. And we compensate people for sales performance. So all the way around the pathways to growth and the leadership within the company, within sales and company overall, allocating the funding, creating the time to do it, creating the incentive to go through this, all of that helped then the uptake. Starts from the CEO down, right? I report to our CEO, Jeff Stabner, fully supports Pathways to Growth, the sustainability around it. And then the sales leading indicators, I talked about that a little bit earlier, we can pivot with new initiatives. Like right now, we've got a promotion on kind of these prepackaged systems we're selling, service contracts, inventory that's getting data we want to sell through. We'll put a little SPIP program together. That's all part of our leading indicators. And then we go over that in a master sales team meeting every month or every week. And then I go on the national sales call biweekly and update everybody how we're doing. So it really gives us some good fundamentals. Reporting is reporting. That's lagging indicators. Key is having quality leading indicators. And it sounds like as the world changes, which it continues to do, you then experiment with what your leading indicators should be. We pivot those every year. We'll pivot. Like what's a new initiative? What's a new trend? We might even do it biannually. We don't have to stick on it all year. I won't say it's quarterly, but I would say at least annually, if not biannually, we will put a new a new set of leading indicators together to track. The fundamental ones stay consistent. Business development activities, face-to-face sales calls, those ones always, whether it's remote video or in person, we expect that kind of activity with our salespeople. The example you gave earlier was the CARES Act and how you started to use that as as an indicator. So it sounds like you have a mechanism to kind of harvest leading practice across your sales folks and pull that through the system. Right. So we would pull all the targets by schools in each state. We would assign each seller. We'd have that as part of the leading indicator of, you know, how many business development activities this week did you do with CARES Act funding schools? I'm just using this as an example. The reason I'm pointing it out is now post-COVID, there will be something else. It won't be CARES Act. It'll be the next thing. Yeah, we already have a next thing. So the next thing is called Velocity. And Velocity is a high-volume, simplified, kitted system for thousands of huddle rooms that are being developed in this new video conferencing world. And so now we're tracking how many business development activities are you doing with your customers around our new Velocity, so both in its purchase and then also as a service. We've got a subscription model that's pretty cool. So we're driving that at the branch level, at the seller level, with our new sales and indicators around I'll call Velocity. So last year may have been CARES Act in 2020. This year is going to be high volume quantity kitted room systems called Velocity. And if something else comes up, you'll add that then to the indicators. Absolutely. I've got one right now we're thinking about is how can we sell more on-site staffing in the IT organizations that manage their audiovisual assets? I think we'll probably launch that next quarter and have an incentive around it. And that'll be part of the sales leading indicators. One of the things I'm appreciating as I hear you speak is the combination of a highly structured process that's consistent 
and a mechanism to update it so that the process doesn't become out of date quickly. Correct. It pivots. And I get our sales leaders to buy in because I have a national sales managers call every month just with our sales leaders. And we'll go over this. This is what I'm thinking. Get some feedback from them, get the buy-in, then roll it out. Anything else you want to share about aspects of the path to growth system that you think is of significant value to you? You know, I've been doing this a long time. I would use this in any organization. It's really helpful to delve into the deeper details beyond the slogan that this is fabulous, but what about the system actually helps you be more successful as a VP of sales? Yes. So we're going to shift focus to Joe for a minute. Joe, if you were coming in for a final interview with the CEO for a VP of sales job, so doing what Don's doing, and he or she asked you for a 100-day plan to turn sales around, what would you answer? There's a few things that, that I think will work. The skeleton of it all is... Obviously, I'm a proponent of putting in a a good sales process like we've been talking about, something where there's multiple disciplines that forces the behaviors that you want. Each one of those disciplines, like the, as an example, a ride along and things like that, it's an opportunity to coach. So as you're going through the pipelines, you know, you forecast, that's just one more opportunity for the sales manager to coach a person individually. I mean, they wouldn't do it on the on the team one, but individually they start asking those penetrating questions. And when you're trying to build a big organization, you have to really get those skills in, into the uh, individual sellers on the team. So number one is, is get a sales management process in place. There's many, just have one and do it religiously. You, you'll find it actually cuts down on the number of meetings that you have to have. Then the second thing I would do is, of course, you have to know you're brand new to this organization, right? That's uh, the premise of this. I need to know the strengths and weaknesses of the team. I would force the assessments across the board. One of the things that we know is that the turnover rate in sales is huge. I mean, on average across the industry, it's 37.4. You're losing a third of your staff every year. So you're always in this hiring mode. You have to, number one, bring in the right people, but also understand the strengths and weaknesses of your existing team. So I'd have all the sellers go through the assessment so that I could pinpoint what I needed to do to help them grow. And then I do the same with the sales manager, because remember, I'm, I'm looking for the sales manager to be the coach. And if they're not in that mode, I've got to get them into that mode. Otherwise, they're not going to build a great team. And I think we shared uh, some stats last time that 18% of the people shouldn't be in that role at all. And another 37%, I think it was, couldn't uptrain them. So you're talking half of the sales managers that are out there are really not in the right role. So you have to figure that out. Maureen, I'd like to get into that in a little bit more detail, but I think we're running short on time. But I promise you that Don and I will get into that in the next episode. Great. Thank you. So listeners, thanks for joining us. We trust that Joe and Don's insights have been valuable And you can hear the second part of this episode in two weeks.